Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What a save from Mark Howard. Crikey! (laughs) (laughs) Leicester winning the Premier League. Uh, I know you was there for that period and that, clipping a ball over the top of Vaz and he was just running on and rounding the keeper and scoring and uh, I think he scored about 10 of them in a row. The lad was saying that then like, we're going to win the league, like, it's, it's happening. What I want to know though, did you get an I-8 or not? Like a bit of politics behind the scenes and you know you have to, you have to leave and I went there and thought, oh this is going to be like the back end of nowhere, end up being the best place I've ever lived, do you know what I mean? But whatever you do, don't buy the 1.0s lads. Can you You're a dying one? breed, aren't you mate? Yeah I am mate, <laughs> I'm a fossil mate. <laughs> He's obviously been up in the afternoon whilst I'm resting in my room and I have a fried egg on my car and it's fully cooked. <laughs> do a Jeff Hardy off the top of the uh, cupboard through the ironing board. That's you isn't it, you stink. And he went, yeah I landed from Magaluf this morning, I've done five days. <laughs> He had an iron imprint on his, on his shoulder, mate. Him, him and his mates had had a, had a tear up or whatever. I don't know what over, but he's obviously done his mate with an iron. So it got a bit heated, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there was, a bit, there was a bit of needle in there, but if, yeah, and he's turned around and he's, he swung for me. And so I was about to get in between him. You shut the fuck up and sit down. I've gone. He's gone, don't look at me like that. What's an inman? It's a geezer lives in a lighthouse by himself. <laughs> <laughs> what a save from Mark Howard. Welcome once again to the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, your host, Mark Howard, and with my producer mate, Ben. This is episode four, and today we've got an absolute banger of a goalkeeper for you. Former Reading, Cholton, Leicester, Dalby, Swansea, and currently at Watford. How you doing, Ben Hamer? Yeah, very good, yeah. Journeyman by the sounds of it. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> want to say that word, mate, because I'm very similar. <laughs> That's not all the clubs either, is it? I mean... There's a few more in there, yeah. There's a few more sprinkled about Bristol City for a bit, Nottingham Forest for a week. That was a story. Um, yeah, try and think. Um, yeah, Brentford back in Dallas, free free loans at Brentford. So yeah, no, I've been around a, a quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. That's always the way with a goalkeeper as well. If you if you're not playing, you want to get out there and play again, and you end up ch- challenging yourself and going oh, year sure. to year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as soon as I turned 18 and uh, got my first pro deal, I remember banging on the door. Nicky Hammond was director of football at Reading and uh, asking him to go out alone. So that was that was me from the start. I didn't want to like sit around at training. I wanted to get out and play. So that's kind of. Uh, yeah, what happened from from an early age, really? You came through at Reading. Uh, obviously, that's how I've ended up con- connecting with you yeah. and that through Jem Carrican and a right. few of the other Reading lads and that. Have you got some good memories, some good stories from back then? Yeah, brilliant. Um, obviously, yeah, Jem was uh, he was he was the year year below me. So uh, my my youth team, I think I was the only uh, yeah lone survivor. I think that ever went on to play. So, uh, but then his his age group was was frightening. There was there was a good uh, good good group of uh, players coming through. Alex McCarthy, one of the keepers. 
Um, obviously, yeah, Jem, Hal Robson, Carno, Alex Pierce, um, Gilfie Sigurdsson. You know, they had some some really good players coming through. The that, poshest that footballer in James Henry. <laughs> oh, you know James Henry as well, dear. <laughs> I mean, yeah, James, me and James were really tight actually. Um, I'm, I'm surprised you know him. Uh, yeah, so uh, I was growing up in Diggs, and he used to obviously walk to school, walk to school because he was a year below me. So I used to see him quite a lot. And then uh, when he when he joined the youth team, we become uh, great friends. Uh, but yeah, not seen him for a while now. But he's, I think he's still playing at Oxford, isn't he? Doing all right. He's doing well. Uh, I yeah. played with him at Bolton, and right. some of the shouts he used to come out with—it was so funny. He'd do oh, something wrong, it. so he'd do something wrong, and he'd go, "Crikey!" <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he put a high-pitched voice. He used to go really like, high. "Absolute stinker" and stuff like that. Didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. He used, to, he used to have a little outburst of that, but um, yeah, no, he's. Uh, how long was he at Bolton? Were you for? Uh, just a season. Yeah, right. How did he do? Not not so well, I take it. Then he started on fire. He scored a few goals and that. And then you know what, Jamo's like. His head went even, a little bit. Yeah, was he on loan then? Was he from Wolves or something? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know he'd been at Bolton. Yeah, and yeah. I was quite tight with him. Uh, but yeah, now he was uh, he was at Wolves for a bit. So when I was at Leicester, we used to see quite a bit of each other. I used to go down to Birmingham. He used to come to Leicester for nights out and stuff. And uh, yeah, now I've lost touch with him a little bit the last couple of years because uh, we've been been quite far away from each other so no, you know it's like in football you, you become really good friends with people and then you for move away years. and then yeah for two years and then you move away and then you kind of like out of sight out of mind didn't you so you make your new friends then and everyone else gets like pushed to the side exactly that Leicester winning the Premier League uh, I know you was there for that period and that even though you, you hadn't played but what was that really really like we I all want to know I mean yeah I was I was there in spirit mate uh, <laughs> uh, glorified uh Comb picker and ball boy, I think I, I think we'll, they call it. We'll take but, it. Uh, but to be fair, mate, uh, that season actually, I went uh, I went out on loan to um, Bristol City for the, the the first part of the season. I was a Bristol City fan growing up, so the previous the previous season, uh, I'd, I'd played a bit, but then got kind of left out towards the end. So I thought, you know, from what I was saying earlier, I loved play, playing. I didn't, I wasn't happy just to be sat on the bench. So I kind of went out on loan and uh, went there for. a what was supposed to be a season and uh, Steve Cottrell didn't really take a shine to me and uh, that we, we kind of buttoned heads a little bit and uh, that, that kind of ran its course quite early and I, I came back in September, October time and that was obviously when the, the incredible run started. So uh, yeah, I was in, I was involved in that in that side every day for, for that for that season, pretty much from October onwards and uh, it was incredible really. Like we were scoring the same goal every week. Um, it was, yeah. Everyone was, for some reason, every team we played against were playing the high line and it was obvious what was happening. He had the up, up back and set from drinking and Kante, they were clipping a ball over the top for Vars and he was just running on and rounding the keeper and scoring and uh, I think he scored about 10 of them in a row and I was thinking, it's like, are these teams not watching what we're doing here? Because we were, you know, beating teams on the regular. It so, was rinse and repeat, wasn't it? it? Literally, literally, yeah. So, uh, yeah, every, every week was a carbon copy and, uh, but then obviously, it, January time when we were top of the league and I think the boys were winning most weeks, I think uh, there was a big belief in in the team and uh, the one that stood out was the Man City away at the Etihad and uh, they went up there and smashed them to pieces, 1-3-1 one, one. and uh, I remember we had a night out afterwards, team night out and uh, the lads were saying that then like we're going to win the league, like it's, it's happening. So I think everyone was like kind of on each other to like, yeah, not not take the mitt going out and stuff like that. Just be focused because this is the only time it's probably ever going to happen. And uh, now they had full belief that it was it was going to be it was going to be the Premier League title, and and it went on to be. And I think they've done it quite comfortably in the end as well. I think yeah. they won by about eight points, I think. And uh, yeah, it was absolute. Uh, 
party time for two weeks, wasn't it? After after that, so uh, I've seen I've seen you in some of the celebration. I videos. mean, yeah, I was. I felt you know what it's like when you're not involved. This it's tough one, isn't it? It's like you you want to be involved, but you know you haven't really contributed, so you kind of like got to stay out of the way a little bit. So uh, yeah, I mean, I was in the shadows at, at Vardy's house and stuff like that, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the celebrations after were brilliant and uh, I was so proud of them all. Uh, great, great, uh, great team. And um, yeah, no, it was fully deserved, I think, in the end, wasn't it? Like, It uh, really was. Uh, it was unbelievable for everyone yeah. in football to, to see. Uh, what I want to know, though, did you get an I-8 or not? No, I didn't. No, no you, had, you had to. Uh, you had to play. Uh, you had to play one game, and uh, I remember young young Chilwell was coming through, and he played one FA Cup game that season, and uh, we we went to the stadium that day, and uh, and Chile got one, and he, uh, he played one FA Cup game. I was like, you little little shit. Like, <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. Eighteen that. years old, and he had uh, bagged himself an I eight, so he he done well out of it. But uh, yeah, I think now he he had twenty. I think he had twenty, and uh, it was all the lads that had played a, at least a game, and I hadn't obviously played a game that season. Fair enough. Right, obviously we talked about Reading. Um, when you went out on loan, uh, I think it was Brentford in 08-09, you end up going and getting promoted that year mm. and you end up, I think it was a Golden Glove, was it, that year? Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, we always, take, that, we always take the praise for that, really, don't of we? Of course. Really? Even though sometimes I never had a shot to save, do you know what I mean? But uh, no one else sees that, do they? Um, but yeah, no, that was brilliant. That was, um, I remember I'd, I'd done the year at Crawley, uh, I'd come back, I wanted to go out on loan, I, wanted to I had the taste for it, I wanted to go and do it again. Um, I had half a season at League Two with Andy Scott at Brentford, and then I think he took a bit of a shine to me. If I'm being being honest, like we we had quite a good rapport, and uh, the following season he called me back again. So my third season on the on the trot, I was I'd been out on loan. So uh, and then that was obviously the season that we we went on to win the league in in League Two. I think we kept twenty odd clean sheets. I think it was in the end. And uh, yeah, now it was. I think when we're young, we need that as a confidence builder, don't you, to know that you can you can kind of you yeah, know, so do it. Sometimes you learn from going to a team in adversity and like a yeah. relegation battle, but sometimes the best way to go out and learn is to go to a team that's going to do well, playing good football as well, mm. which obviously Brentford would have been at the time. They knew how to mix it up back then. I think we're good at picking up second balls, if I'm being honest. Was it, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, nah, it was, uh, mate, I'll be honest, like from my, my beginning of the career, it was a lot of long ball. So, uh, you know, I was never asked to pass the ball out. Um, I always fancied myself quite good with my feet, but you know, uh, the way that the teams played, like Brentford and Crawley and stuff, it, the managers didn't want you to play out from the back, you know, because it was it was risky. Yeah. So it was it was percentage football really, and uh, we just had good players at the top of the pitch, like people had Jordan Rose. Not people probably forgot yeah. that Jordan Rose was there at that time, and he he was banging in goals for fun. So he was a, you know he was a big part of that, and. Uh, yeah, like I said, um, it wasn't until I was about 28, 29, I'm playing for managers who want to then play out from the back. So you kind of have to like reinvent yourself as, you, as you're going along. So, uh, yeah, no, the, the, the goalkeeping side of stuff really changed, I think, over the years. Um, obviously, yeah, we I think me and you have been through both generations. Yep. We've started off with that long ball, yep. old school culture, you know, even with the lads, the banter. And now it's, you know, playing out from the back and then the change rooms are a bit quieter now compared to yeah. what they used to be. So You go uh, in a dressing room now and everyone's on their phone. Yeah. You literally oh, yeah. look around and oh, there's, there's only a couple of you that will be like saying stupid stuff or having a laugh and a joke yeah. and everybody else is straight on their phones. <laughs> it's totally <laughs> changed. Correct. Very correct. Um, yeah, the times have changed, but, you know, it's just the way it's just the way it is now, isn't it? It's like even with social media, we never had social media when we we first started out. You know, you, you read the paper on a on a Saturday, see, see your mark out of 10, but now you've got the lads posting pictures of themselves, you know, telling everyone how, how well they did. So, uh, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm on, I'm on the socials. I don't, I'm not overly busy on there. I, I, I put a, a photo up from football probably after a game. That's probably it for me. Uh, I, I view other people's stories, but I don't really, I'm not too, 
yeah, I'm not too involved with it myself, but um, like you said there with the uh, with the comments, I had to turn them off uh, pretty soon. I think I think when I was at Huddersfield, I had to turn them off because it was getting quite toxic at, at one point. Because I'd obviously experienced the great the great side of social media, and then obviously when things aren't going too well, you experience the uh, the, yeah. the bad side of it, and it, it it can play on your mind a little bit. So uh, yeah, and no, I did change. If I'm being honest, I, I turned the uh, comments off. So only people that I follow can comment on my stuff now. That's always the way of being a goalie, though, that you are open to criticism. Well, and and every, everybody <laughs> thinks that they could do better. Oh, it's true, yeah. Everyone everyone behind well, behind the screen or on the chair thinks they can do a job so much better than what you can. And uh, they don't see they don't see it through our eyes, do they? And, uh, you know, the, the things that can happen that are out of our control at times and uh, the things that are in our control and we have a lapse in concentration and uh, obviously more often than not, the ball ends up in the back of the net when we make a mistake, you know, you know as well as I do. And... Uh, yeah. But the abuse that comes with it, I think we've we've we wanted to do that job growing up. So you know you got to, it kind of comes with a territory. Exactly so you got you got to kind of take it on the chin. But I think um, criticism I can take. But um, when you get when it gets abusive, that's when you got to kind of draw a line in the sand, don't you? And uh, take take steps. So uh, you know what we were just saying then. I had to I, that's a step I had to take when I was thirty because it it got to a point where it was just ridiculous. That's just what happens now with social media and that especially if you are a goalkeeper you almost get targeted because everyone thinks every goal that goes in is kind of your fault and we're the most critical of ourselves oh, anyway just, uh, yeah. we go through every goal and we finally analyze and we're like could i have done better and that doubt is always in your mind that if i was half a step to the left i would have saved it oh, like, hindsight isn't it yeah, hindsight's it's so a easy to be a you hindsight go, you go, yeah you go you go home after the game you think why wasn't I half a step over there? I could have, I could have pushed and I would have saved that. And then you, you go through the, the things. It's like when you mentally rehearse the, the, the pitches before you go out, out for the game and you're doing everything right, blah, blah, blah. But then obviously afterwards you're doing it and it's, it's too late, isn't it? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know when you've done wrong. So um, yeah, no, listen, the older I've got, the uh, the more I've been, e it's been easier to let, let go of them bad performances because uh, obviously at the end of the day, it's a job, mate, you know? Uh, at the start, we, we like, you really buzz off it, you love it, you do it as a hobby, but obviously as, as you get older, it, does, it is a job. Uh, obviously you've played over 350 games, I think it is now. Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah I, it's it's probably an achievement. The, yeah. And most of your career you've spent in and around the championship and that, and like you said, you, you've bounced around from club to club, but to still have racked up that many games and people almost presume that you haven't had full seasons but you've gone on and got some some major accolades yourself and that we've talked about some negative stuff and yeah. obviously the golden glove I said is a massive positive mm. and then at Cholton you had another promotion uh, and with that you got named in the PFA team of the year which is obviously voted by your peers and yeah that's the best one isn't it when when the players players vote for it because you know the the lads that have played against you uh, rate yeah so that's that's that was always that's a, that was a nice one I think back, back then it gave me a lot of confidence that going into the championship the next season because uh that would have been my first year in the championship after that League One season. So, um, yeah, any nerves that that were there, you know, that that gave me a lot of confidence going into the next season. And uh, yeah, like I said, like I've been at a few clubs, but it's not it's not the way I, I envisaged it going. I didn't want it to be that way. I wanted to be a one club man where I could have stayed somewhere for ten years. But it's out of our control sometimes, isn't it? You go to a club where, you know, like say Charlton, you know. I've, I was pretty much a mainstay there and I'm really enjoying it. But then it got to a stage where it was a crossroads, like, do I stay or do I go? And there was an opportunity to go to the Premier League. But then you find a keeper in front of you who's better than you. And, uh, you know, you, you're probably not going to get into it. And that leads to having to move here, there and everywhere just to try and get games. So, you know, that, that continuity, which I probably did want, it, it, it just didn't happen. So, uh, you know, like Casper played, he was at 
less than 10 years brilliant like he was yeah great great servant and done done really well for him and uh you know something i wanted to do i wanted to be at one club for that amount of time but you know just the way it panned out it didn't it didn't work that way it's like uh you know i just left swansea now loved it loved the way they played football uh, I was really enjoying myself, but then uh, you know there's poli- like a bit of politics behind the scenes, and you know you have to you have to leave, and I I probably di- I didn't want to leave. I yeah. wanted to stay there. So uh, um, I think there's a lot of things that the fans and people out there don't see is how much uh, we only get one or two year contracts generally, and the, the amount of moving about and moving your family, and uh, it's it's a lot more stressful than people think. Oh yeah, hundred percent, mate. Um, I think that's a, that's a good thing about being single. I remember, I, I I was with I had my partner, and uh, you know, moving around was it was a stress. It was a faff. But you know, now the the position I'm in, I can do it, and it's not it's not a problem. Like I can I can go around here, there, and everywhere, and it's not it's not an issue. Like went up to Swansea, miles away. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I went there, I thought, oh, this is going to be like the back end of nowhere, and up being the best place I've ever lived. Do you know what I mean? Like just beautiful beaches everywhere, and uh, the football training ground, everything was great about it. So uh, no, no, you you can find the. Uh, you could find happiness anywhere, really, mate. But it's just, um, yeah, the the club the club thing where you know moving around and stuff. It's it's hard for us, mate. You know, we ha- but we have to do it if we want to go and play football. Like you're a, you're in Wrexham now, mate. North yeah. North Wales, and uh, you know if you want to go and play play games and enjoy what you do, then that's that's kind of the sacrifice we have to make. You've made those sacrifices similar to myself. That where when you are playing and you then find yourself out of the team, you're hungry to go and play again. So. It's almost like you just flip a switch and go, right, I'm ready to go and challenge myself mm. again. And we're so open to that. And I think people don't realise how much the hunger is inside you to play. And you get typecast almost as, oh, he's, he's not playing. He doesn't want to play. Oh, he's a number two. Yeah, yeah. Number three, yeah blah, 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 blah. Yeah, no, listen, we, I, don't, I, don't, I don't play football to train all week to then go and sit in, in the Russell brand and watch, <laughs> watch the boys play. Do you know what I mean? It's not, that's not what I'm about. I love, I love the buzz of a match day, like yeah. going out there, with the team going and getting a win and the feeling it gives you after you've actually like got a, you've like feels like you've accomplished something do you know what I mean so uh yeah that Saturday when I'm not playing that's a, that's a horrible feeling like I, I hate that so when you're on the bench I I used to be like this right is I always wanted to win for free yeah it's the best way I could ever put yeah. it if I was on the bench <laughs> I would love to win for free and unfortunately I'd like that goalie to make three mistakes yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah. Listen, it, it, it's one of them, isn't it? Um, we 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 all want the position, but then again, like we're in training every day together, and I've never had a bad I've never had a bad group. Like I've always got on really well with the lads that I've trained with, even though I want his position or he wants my position. You get you get on like a house on fire. So uh, it's a tough one, and I think as I've got older, it, it it's got a bit different. Like even last year at Swansea, I mean, I got I got dropped in January because uh, we brought the young lad Fisher in from yep. MK Dons. Uh, they had him at MK and. Uh, you know, I, I was I was quite outdone by actually because I'd been playing all right for him, and uh, I was yeah I was, I was quite yeah I was quite put out I weren't playing. But then as soon as he got in, I wanted him to do well. It was weird. Like I, I, I actually when he did well, I was, I was buzzing, buzzing for him. Yeah, I was buzzing for him. So uh, I think that's when I was younger, I used to be a bit more like that. I used to want him to have a bit of a beast so I could get in. But like I think as the older you get. You just realise, like, it's not his fault. It's not my fault. You know, the manager just picks the team. Like, and, and like you said, you end up working so closely with each other Monday yeah. to Friday. You are like, you're inseparable because you do an hour of work, just the two of you yeah, or correct, three yeah. of you. And with your goalie coach, you have an unbelievable relationship. And the outfielders all try and get on the goalie saying, we're, we're, well, yeah, you we're, get a bond. You make, listen, you make a bond, don't you, at the end yeah. of the day? Yeah, like, I've been at Watford now for two, three months and... I get on like a house on fire with Batman. Like we go play golf and uh, you know go out and meet for coffee and stuff like that. And 
you're in competition, direct competition with each other. But you know, at the end of the day, if you the two personalities match, you like there's no reason why you can't be mates. Do you know what I mean? So uh, and you've got to support them anyway because yeah. you're at that team and you need them to do well. Yeah, correct. Yeah, listen, if they're doing well, I'm doing well. Because yeah. at the end of the day, if they get promoted, then you know that benefits me as well as it does it does does them. So uh, yeah. how have you found it settling in at Watford? Yeah, brilliant. Um, great set of lads. Uh, obviously, we've lost our manager after after two two months, which is uh, you know it's. it's it's not 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 your norm, but um, you know the 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 owners have a you know they have a high high um, high expectation of where the club should be in the in the league, and I understand that they've got good really good players who who probably should be in in that top six of that league, and and we just weren't. So uh, they've decided to make a change, and you just get on with it. And obviously you've got Slavin coming now, and uh, you know he's a, he's a really good uh, cool guy, and uh, uh, looks like he's uh, got a bit between his teeth to uh, improve the boys. So um, yeah, no, it's been uh, been an interesting first three months. Uh, obviously, I've got in, got injured after about just going to ask yeah, you about yeah, that nightmare. Yeah. So uh, I've been uh, we didn't know where it was for about five weeks. I've been trying to go out to train, and then we, we went out a scan, and it was it was worse than what we thought. So uh, I had, had an injection. Well, it was just a wobbling ball in training. We talk about all the, the footballs. These these new Puma balls they've changed again from last year. They <laughs> they, they change them every year, mate. Like the Mitres used to be decent, and then um, yeah, they brought these Pumas in. The Pumas were really good last year, and then the new one like does move a little bit. So uh, yeah, one of the coaches is hit a ball, and I've ended up changing the shape from up here down down low the balls just dipped on me and then I've sandwiched the ball on my knee with my hand so I think I've got a load of bone bruising a bone edema or something in my wrist so yeah I've just had a little steroid injection there to try and sort that out how long will you be out with that for well um, I'm hoping another two or three weeks and then can kind of build it up training again and get that new colorway on and uh, have a little look at it <laughs> you know I mean? let's talk about <laughs> your gloves then let's, let, let's let's do a glove review <laughs> This is Matt Smith, and this is the Glove Review on the Yours Mine Away podcast. Uh, you're currently wearing the Adidas fingertips yeah. as well, uh, with the the different latex than we've seen previously. Uh, do you want to talk through them? Correct. Well, I remember you, you were saying before, weren't you? Saying um, that Ram, Rammers wears wears uh, a point one zero or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So he's obviously got he's got the big dog Adidas merch, mate. I <laughs> get the uh, I get the playground merch. Um, so uh, yeah, I've got a two point zero, which is a bit more durable. So. Uh, I find with a 1.0, they only last about three three sessions, and uh, it's mad really because the kids now, when they're buying them, whatever you do, don't buy the 1.0s, lads, because uh, <laughs> they're, they're they'll be gone after about two two uh, two sessions, especially if you're down the playground. Um, but yeah, now nah, these these are more durable. They, these last about two or three weeks, mate. To be fair, you can wear them for two or three games. F- about two weeks of training sessions and then is that where you usually two to three games and then they yeah, become well, training gloves to be fair I used to be I used to be really uh, don't know if I can say anal but um, I used to be really anal about it uh, I used to wear a brand new pair for every game and um, used to give them a wash before the day before dry them out and then make sure yeah, so they were, they were brand look fresh you know what I mean yep. I, I was very like look good feel good play 100%, good yeah. so um, yeah so then uh, obviously the older I got the less the less bothered I was, I'd, I'd wear them for a few days in training and I'd give them a wash. They wouldn't have to be pristine and then I'd wear them in the game. I find now, once you warm two or three times, they're probably better after that. If you wear them first brand new, I think that they're, they're, they're too slippery. So uh, I'd always go like two or three wears now, two or three washes before I wear them in a the game because then I feel confident that I'm going to catch stuff in the game. Yeah, I'm a wash in a training session yeah. and then I'll wear them. Yeah. And like that sense. way I just felt like... They were new enough to like not be damaged or psychologically. I'm like looking at them, going, "They're yeah. they're the best they can be." Yeah, because I've been out in, I've gone out to warm ups with my brand new pair of gloves, and then the ball's not gripping. I'm like, "Oh shit, what am I going to do?" Left this like, too late. Yeah, I've left this too late. I've got none in the in the changes, and uh, I've had to go, I've had to wear them. And uh, yeah, luckily got away with it a couple of times. But you know, it, it does uh, does mess with your confidence going into the game when the, you 
find out the balls ain't gripping in the warm up. It's not. It's not a good start. But um, yeah, these the daddy ass ones are quite good to be fair. They're, they're, these are quite grippy to to start off with. So yeah, I've been I've been quite impressed with these ones this season. They're like a snug fit. They've changed. Uh, they've they changed them quite a lot. The design and stuff. So like last year was was like a, a dotted like backhand like spiky dotty backhand yep. and, and they're really snug. I really, I really like them. And then this year they've changed them a little bit where the backhand's a little bit more bulkier. So uh, yeah, they, they do they do tend to change them quite a bit. They've got that Adidas Predator look to the backhand of yeah. them with all the, like, the rubbery textured bits. Yeah, and that. I mean, do you find that actually plays any part in it? Or is that just a design aspect? I, a design. I mean, it, 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 it's better for punching instead of having just like a flat, a flat backhand because yep. it's got a bit of protection on it. But um like I said, uh, yeah, last year I, I used to, I punched the ball quite a bit and I used to get quite a bit of distance on it, and I I think they do actually generally work. But um, I don't I'm, I don't really like the ones with no material on. Like I like to have a bit of cushioning yep. cushioning around the hand. Uh, don't like them too thick on on the palm. Don't like them too thin. So I'm like a happy medium type of guy. Do you know what I mean? Just uh, as long as what about snug. them having no straps? Then do you, do you tape up your wrists? No, uh, I tape my wrists up underneath, but they're they're that secure that you, you don't need you don't need a strap. The, yeah. I mean, the first the prototypes that they bought out when they first started doing they were a bit slip and slidey. I remember Puma bought some out as well that I tried out and they were they were slipping all over the gaff. But these are these are really good fit actually. They've, they've made a good glove there. Yeah. Nah, no spines, no finger saves. Yeah, no, nah, I like to have like free movement in my fingers. Yeah, they can't. I just feel I feel like I got frying pans on my hands if I got if I got spines. In. <laughs> That's You're where I'm going guy. wrong. Yeah, 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 I am, yeah, yeah. I'm a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah, but can you like? Yeah, you, full flexion. And then I just feel that, you know, when those fingertip saves, yeah, I think I've got something else in me here. Yeah, I think it's just maybe psychologically, I'm like, if I throw my hand at this, I've got a bit more in me. Have you always worn them then? Yeah, you've worn them since you're young. Yeah, I idolise I Van der Sar. Oh, so. Adidas finger saves. Yeah, 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 makes sense. So as soon as I saw that he would add them on, I was like, right, I'll give them a go. And then I, I couldn't, I think I did one year when I came out of them. I broke two fingers that year. Oh yeah, nah, curtains in it. Yeah, so yeah. I was get like, them straight back on there. Yeah. Where's those spines <laughs> going yeah, back? Getting back, yeah. Well, Shay Given as well. Shay Given used to wear them as well, didn't he? And uh, he, he used to come out and do a bit with us at Derby, and uh, he used to bring his old pumas out, and they had spines in them. So yeah, he was he was a finger save guy as well. But uh, I'll be honest now, like the lads that I've trained with over the last couple of years, I don't. Re There's not many. I don't really think I've come across many lads where the, where the finger saves anymore. Yeah. The only one I think wears them now in the Prem's uh, Fabianski. He wears the Adidas, but he's the only one that wears the finger saves, I think. Yeah. There isn't many. I think uh, Leno's the only You're other a dying one. breed, aren't you, mate? Yeah, I am, mate. <laughs> I'm a fossil, mate. <laughs> I need that extra help, mate. <laughs> I love it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Right, I've, I've been sent some questions by Jem. To oh, I love you now. Yeah, just, just thought I'd bring these up, right? I hope it's all PG, mate. I hope it's not no shower talk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> first one is, uh, cooked an egg on your car? Yes, he did, yeah. When I was uh, I was in Diggs, he, he, lived, he lived in Diggs down the road. I had this uh, green Audi A4 
And uh, it was absolutely the summer pre-season El Scorchio. And uh, I remember coming out, coming out in the evening to go and to go to the shop. He's obviously been up in the afternoon whilst I'm re- resting in my room. And I was a fried egg on my car and it's fully cooked. <laughs> fully actually cooked. fried? Oh yeah, the yolk, the yolk was solid, mate. Yeah, so the, yolk, the yolk actually fully cooked. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, true, true story. Done me Audi A4 with a fried egg. Anyone eat it? Nah, I think I, I think I just whipped it off, whipped it off for the old feral cats down the road, mate. The sort of things you get up to when you're like 20, 21, don't you? So I'm surprised he remembers that actually. Mate, honestly, when I went on loan to Scotland, we had a manager called uh, Yogi, John Hughes. And I've heard about him, yeah. Mental. Like, you remember the old massage beds, the wooden ones? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. came in at half time once and kicked the table over. And like, this would have broke anyone's foot. Yeah. He, just, he was like a bear. Like, yeah, his yeah, name was Yogi because he was a bear. I've been watching uh, Open Goal up in yeah. Scotland and they, they all talk about this Yogi. Oh, bear, Yogi's yeah. mental. Yeah, they chat about he him. used to literally do anything. So you'd, some days you'd go into training and he'd be like, right, in the boot room now, my boots were dirty. So they'd all go in there and he'd go, right, turn the lights off. I'm fighting all of you. Yeah. And they'd tear up. They, but the whole Terrible. team would be fighting him and he'd be scrapping them. Yeah, yeah. And he was massive. <laughs> yeah, but well. there'd be 25 of these little young lads oh, just scrapping well, away. Well, and they'd get him and he'd he'd open the door at the end of it and he'd like turn the lights back on and be like, love that, lads. Really <laughs> yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. We used to have that at Reading, mate. We'd have the, the, youth, the youth team in the gym, lights off, like core balls, medicine balls launched. Everything's getting launched. Last one, last one to be standing in it. So and then yeah. the lights come on. Right, brilliant, lads. Love that. Let's, let's go. Let's go and train. <laughs> That's just the sort of shit we used to get it's to. It's mad. See, I was probably, when I came for Arsenal, that I missed all of that sort of youth team because Arsene Wenger had just come in and oh, he changed he, he snuffed it everything. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like we weren't even allowed to pump up the balls in case we didn't do it properly. Yeah, probably, yeah. We had an equipment manager that would put all the stuff out. So then when I got up to Scotland and that, it was all an eye-opener. Even when I went to Cardiff, like my first day of pre-season, we've done a bleep test on the first day and then everyone went, right, we're going into town. And we all went and got... Yeah, got like, beaming, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I remember sitting next to Kev McNaughton and like this is during oh, big bef- boozer, North, oh, yeah. big boozer, big boozer. So like him, yeah. during the first day of the preseason, it's like right, we have got bleep test, and I went, "What's that?" And I looked at him, and he went, "Yeah, what the fuck's a bleep test?" Yeah, <laughs> he, and, I, and he, uh, this this bit, I looked at him, and I went, "That's you, isn't it? You stink." And he went, "Yeah, I landed from Magaluf this morning, I've done five days." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, you're gonna have a, you're gonna be in a pickle in a minute." Yeah, it's class. Isn't he it? completed the bleep test. Yeah, they no, had to stop him. Yeah, no, that's what the boys are like. Old school, mate. They just get off, get steam in, come in, come in, do their job. Yeah, it was, it was fine. Like some of the stuff, you know, I'd come in most days and my gear would be cut up. Like yeah. that was just a standard procedure. Deep eating the pants. Deep eating the pants. I remember done Federici with a DP. I bought um, I bought a pair of Ugg boots and uh, thought it was cool at the time. You know what I mean? The, the, the Uggies were were quite cool when I was twenty one. They were in the, the the old half cuts, like so. I've I've bought I bought them in, and uh, Feds. Feds has done them and he's fucking cut, he's cut the tops off so they were just slippers in the end. Like, he's made yeah, sliders. Yeah, he's made sliders out of them and he, so uh, I've, you know, it's like you get the ump, don't you? So, uh, it's personal. Yeah, so I've, I've filled him up with, I've filled his pants up with DP and uh, he's he's got in his car actually, he's fucking raging. He's had gone, mate, his Corey's on fire and uh, he come in the next day, who is it? And mate, Feds is a big boy, mate. Yeah, so yeah. I, was, I was a bit scared of him, like, do you know what I mean? So I, I, I no one ever knew I did it, but um yeah, he was. I was. I was buzzing. I got him back, but then obviously I never admitted it because he would have. He would have absolutely murdered me. Mate, the amount of stuff that used to go on, like super gluing people's shoes to the floor. Oh yeah, that. all that kind of caper. Isn't it? Yeah. Used to be a lot worse yeah. as well. A lot more feces oh, involved. I know. Yeah, but it used to be quite. Yeah, used to be, oh, yeah. 
my, my trainers, <laughs> you, you come in when I was a youth teammate, trainers, we, you'd have a brand new pair of fucking Lacoste strap, strap trainers, you know what I mean? The old Velcros and that, and they'd be full up with shit and piss and all sorts. <sighs> and horrible. Your, your head would be gone and you'd be, <laughs> you'd be walking back in your socks. You'd be getting like getting a bus home and you're just wearing a pair of socks, mate. It's ter- <laughs> honestly, it's terrible. I, I played with a player, I won't name him, uh, he's still playing now, uh, in Aberdeen, and he, he would only shit standing up. <laughs> So like literally, what Johnny A's was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It literally used to just make the biggest splash. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah, it's mental. I was like, nah, it's too far. That. <laughs> right. but, it, but it's weird though, isn't it? Because that's that, that's what that's what went on, and that was just that was normal. It weren't like it weren't like out of the ordinary. You wouldn't be going, oh, what the fuck is going on here? That, yeah. that was normal. I remember Andy Andy Griffin. He'd like there used to be a uh, like a bowl of. Um, bowl of M&Ms and, or like Skittles or whatever like in a change where you just dip your hand in and uh, obviously in the morning he, he took he poured half of them out did a big shit in it and then put all the sweets back on top oh, and then every morning pe- people were f- dip, dipping their hands in picking picking <laughs> foot, mate can't happen can it that's mad <laughs> just horrible now it's not like that at all but now, that don't happen now that's, that's all gone now it's yeah. like yeah it's all um, it's just kind of all Grown up a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, it's got a lot more professional. Yeah, it was There's a, a lot more like analytics and science that goes into everything yeah. now. So I think everyone does live a better, cleaner uh, life. Cleaner life. We've all become a little bit more professional with the times. And uh, yeah, but like I like I said, I was I was at that. I I started at that kind of end of that era. So I kind of I got a part of that. Do you know what I mean? It was it was good. It was good fun. One of the most mental goalkeepers we've both end up working with, Graham Stack. You yeah. must have something on Stacky. Stacky, mate. I was I was a young boy, mate. But I can just rem- I can just remember him having me in stitches every every day, mate. Like I I come out. Uh, it, I, he probably won't even mind me saying this. I remember coming in one day and he he couldn't even dive. I was like, what's up? What's up? Yeah, he's got. I've got an iron. He had an iron imprint on his on his shoulder, mate. Him, <laughs> him and his mates had had a, had a tear up or whatever. I don't know what over, but he's obviously done his mate with an iron, and then he's gone right. You can do me back. So he's done him wow. back on the shoulder, but I think he's got a dive on it. And then he, he couldn't dive for about five weeks. He's got this, he's got a pus coming out of his shoulder for oh about five God. weeks, mate. I just remember him getting up to stuff like that. Cause he was, he must've been still quite young at the time. And he was, he a, was a hard worker as well. Stacky. Lad, he was, he was brilliant. Cause we had, uh, listen, we had, I had a really ch- ch- strange group actually. Cause I had Marcus Hanneman, wow. Graham Stack, and then Adam Federici. So Adam Federici was hardworking, very, uh, very athletic, um, just wanted to wanted the best for himself. Do you know what I mean? Always just always the hardest work. I, I took a lot from him. Stacky wanted to work hard, but also wanted to have the laugh and the joke, and you know, which always went a bit too far all the time. And uh, and then you had Marcus who didn't want to work. So Marcus was just like the the absolute pro at slowing a session down. So he he <laughs> was like a part time mechanic. So he, he'd always when you could tell when he was blown because he'd always go. So Sal, uh, yeah, I got this. Uh, I got this new Mustang yesterday, and uh, you know, I went under the hood, and there was something wrong. And yeah, you know, he'd start talking about telling the story. Car. And that's like, buddy, we don't give a fuck, mate. Just like <laughs> get, get on with training. So like, Stacky's like, like, buddy, just shut the fuck up, mate. I want to fucking train, like. And he's like, but he, yeah, he was a season, he was a season pro at it, and uh, and obviously like Feds as well. Yeah, he wanted to work all the time, so there was a bit of conflict there because you had Marcus, buddy, who wanted to slow the session down, but then you had the two young whippersnappers who wanted to get in the team and uh, and work hard. And I remember Stacky and uh, Marcus coming to blows one time I remember Stacky done his hand in pre-season he was uh he was he had quite a good pre-season actually I think he uh he had half a sniff of starting the season and uh he'd done his hand in the week before the uh, season started and uh so obviously Marcus started the season done well and uh something had happened they're having a bit of 
to and throwing in like the, the two touch before a session, I think stuck you out. Shut, shut, fuck, buddy, shut, fuck up, mate. I would have, I would have started the season if it, it weren't for me and getting oh, broke. Wow. So it got a bit heated, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there was a bit, there was a bit of needle in there, but it was, it was a good, it was a good like school to learn from. It was, uh, yeah, no, it was enjoyable. And I was, I was, I would have been like sixteen to eighteen, so I was quite intimidated by them. But um, I think they, they helped grow me up because they were, they were from the old school. Do you know what I mean? There's plenty of personality there, and. Uh, yeah, Stacky, I loved him, mate. He was just, he was just hilarious every day. So uh, yeah, no, it was, it was great. But I, I was only with him for about a year, I think, and then uh, he moved on to Wolves. I think he, he did after that. Yeah, I think so. And uh, but yeah, like I said, he, he what a guy to have great around the place. Guy, yeah. Great guy around the place. Um, Full of energy. Yeah, brilliant. You need, you need them people, don't you? And uh, if there's one person you'd want in a dressing room in yeah. any environment, he'd be the one that you'd yeah. want to sort out it. But yeah, we're talking like what we're talking here. I was, I was 18, so we're talking good 15 years ago, yes, but. Obviously, to remember that he must have had quite a effect, um, made quite an impression on me. Yeah, so uh, you know, I was always, and when I've seen him from time to time since then, you know, he's always been pleasant and uh, you know, easy to get on with. Isn't he? He's a good, he's a good guy, and I've just moved to Beaconsfield, I think. So uh, I think he's his locals nearby, so I ain't bumped into him yet. But if I do, they'd be, it'd uh, be enjoyable. I think. Yeah. Yeah, you've worked with a lot of keepers, obviously, over your career, and yeah. that. Uh, have you, do you try and take bits off everyone? Yeah. 100%. Have you learned a lot from everyone? Yeah. Is, is there anyone in particular? Yeah, I mean, Federici was a big, big influence on me to start off with. Um, I liked, well, listen, I liked Marcus Hanneman. He, he had the side volley. He was the first one to bring that over. And uh, but then Feds had it on another level. Oh, he was a joke. He yeah. was a scandal, mate. So I, I always took it upon myself to ask him. I'd go, ah, oh, uh, Feds, like, how'd you do that? And he's like, I'll show you, mate. Like, but do a few gives. I was like, oh, can I, can I do it with you after training or before training? Like, just show me. Like, I want to, I want to be able to do it. And he was he was great at that. So he'd he'd help me do these kind of things. And uh, you know, we'd we'd you'd go off and practice after training, before training. And uh, I think that's the best thing you can do as a young lad is just ask questions because like I was, I was so inquisitive. I always wanted I wanted to be a goalkeeper. I was desperate to be one. But uh, I knew I was also aware that there were people that were better than me at, at the position. And I wanted to take things off of him. And uh, he was a great example for that. His hard hard work and dedication because he he come from a really uh, tough background and uh, you know had to had to go for a lot of stuff to to get to where he got to and. Uh, he was a great example, and um, but then obviously he got into the first team, and there was a point there where he was the first team keeper, and I was the second choice keeper. So we we gone from being two young lads, and he got to the he got to first choice spot, and I was second choice, and uh, there be, there became a little bit of a needle between us then because obviously I wanted to play. He was better than me. I was naive at the time, he, but I thought I could play in front of him, and uh, we used to get a bit like touchy with each other. And I remember one time he nearly throttled me because I'd, I'd said something cheeky, and uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd walked in during a warm up or something, and. Uh, he, he had a go at me in training the next next day and uh, Sal, Sal said something, the goalie coach said something and I said, I ain't, I ain't, the, I ain't the one losing my head, you know, to get a nibble. <laughs> oh, and he, wow. And he, yeah, yeah, and he's turned around and he's, he swung for me and Sal, uh, Sal I was like to get in between it. But I love, I love, I love feds. But um, yeah, no, I was, I, was, I was a cheeky little, cheeky little shit like coming through and uh, yeah, I, I, he probably saved, Sal probably saved me a chin, chin in there. So, uh, <laughs> but then, yeah, and then obviously yeah, I, had, I had the pleasure of uh, going to Charlton and I had great goalkeeper coaching Ben Roberts. He was brilliant with me and uh, we had a young Nick Pope coming through there. Amazing, he was, yeah. he was top draw, mate top draw me and John Sullivan and David Button at the time who we were the, the older keepers and we had Dylan Phillips and uh, Nick Pope coming through and wow. uh, they we were t talking about Pope because he was joining the session mate you couldn't beat him yeah. you do a small sided games mate just blocking everything the only problem he had at Charlton was that <coughs> he didn't have the confidence because he'd come through the youth team I think you find that when you come when I came through Reading I didn't quite have the confidence to then go on and play in the first team because I knew they knew me from being that crap 
skinny 16 year old and I didn't really your development stage yeah they see me in my development stage and I think that was the same for Popey you know where he's making mistakes here and there and when he kind of went into playing the first team it didn't quite go as planned for him for Charlton but then he moved to Burnley and obviously became an absolute world beater yeah, so uh right. yeah so um yeah now nah, he we could we could see that at Charlton he was you could see yeah, it from that was, age yeah he was uh Listen, he wasn't like, uh, to the eye, he wasn't the most uh, pretty, you know, like with the distribution side of stuff and that. But as a goalkeeper, keeping the ball out that, mate, he was so effective. And he was just like, Jesus Christ, this this kid's actually better than me here. Do you know what I mean? And I was 23, 24 at the time. He was 17, 18. Wow. Um, so, yeah, no, he was very impressive. And then obviously I had an unbelievable one up, up at Leicester in Casper. who was just, his uh, consistency in training every day was just better than I've ever seen from anyone. Was his levels just, just levels? Levels of training was just incredible. You know, he, I reckon I could count on one hand in the four years that I was there that he had a bad session. Wow. Yeah. You know, we have a couple of like drop a couple of boo-boos and stuff. He was just so consistent, solid every time. And that was, I was just kind of striving to like get to that, to, you know, stay, stay with him. But I just couldn't, I couldn't uh, keep those consistent levels of training up as, as well as he could. So he was just, uh, he was, yeah, he was just immaculate every day, everything he did. So, uh, you know, he was, he was very impressive to see, see from that. Did he train a lot? Yeah, or yeah, he did. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't miss sessions. He, he listen. He missed the odd uh, cool down one. The cool down session. He'd come out and have a look, but he wouldn't have a, have a tear up. But in <clears throat> in general, if we had a Saturday, Saturday, he was just um, you, you know when you like you look at somebody, you go, that's world class. That's world class. World class. He was, like, he was just doing them levels every day. It wasn't like he was turning it on for match days. He was good every day, and that's that's the sign of a top class goalkeeper. Yeah. So yeah, that, that really impressed me. And that was that was the first time I come across them levels every single day so yeah now that was that was uh that was a big eye opener for me because I, I, I was kind of the i was kind of I, I enjoyed my play and i didn't really enjoy the training side so much so much so <coughs> i used to turn it on and turn it off a little bit i used to some some days i fancy it some days i wouldn't yep. and it's not a way to be and then i think once i then went to Le uh, leicester at 26 i learned how to train properly so that was that was uh yeah it was big big lesson I go out to train still now, I'm 36, to enjoy every session. I think as long as I go out and enjoy it, I will train to my best because yeah. I'll get the most out of myself. Have you found that as you get older that you've adapted to how you play and train? Yeah, I think because uh, I think you get a bit achier. <laughs> them, them aches that you, you, don't, you don't get them when you're young. Yeah. When you're like, oh, I'm 34 now, but listen, I still feel I still feel 26, 27 when I when I go out and train. But like sometimes when you get them knocks, you you don't realise at the time, but you you you're doing like 30, 40 dives, 50 dives and your hips are getting sore. You yeah. just don't realise it. And the next day you, you go out to train, you're like, where does that come from? You know what I mean? You're feeling a bit of stiffness and stuff. So I think now I had to learn to to manage ma manage my body. Yep. So uh, that's, that's been that's been the biggest uh, learning curve. Because listen, I do love diving around and making saves and stuff. Uh, we all do. But um, I think as you get older, you kind of got to be a bit more sensible and uh, just just look after your body. You, a bit you more. can pick and choose a bit more what you yeah, do in training, yeah, and what you die for and what you don't die for. But then obviously there's a pride factor there as well because you know if, if things are going, I hate the ball, I hate, hate the sound of the ball hitting the net. Yeah. So there's a pride thing there as well. But sometimes you just got to be real with yourself and go right. I've got to let a few go to get after a few. Yeah. But obviously then you get to match day and then the mentality shift is completely different. Mate. There's a switch that goes off and everything in the warm it's just clean 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 and you're you're after everything it's like i don't know it's like a mad switch that just goes off in, in your head and it, it's not training anymore it's match day and you just turn you just you go up up, up a level don't you 100 percent, i agree uh, i don't when we turn up to grounds go and look at the pitch ever no i don't because i'm i like that five minutes ten minutes of quietness in the dressing room while the other lads are out and then i just change my mindset and i think from that minute i'm like i'm at work now mm. this is 
I've got to go out and perform. And then obviously you take that into your warm up. You take that into as soon as that we- that that whistle blows and you cross the white line. It's, you do you switch. Yeah. I mean, I used to have this really weird thing when I was when I was a bit younger. I I used to I used to get really nervous. And then uh, once the other team scored one goal, all right, it went, it went, and I was like, I can do it's, it's happened now. It was it was a really weird sensation, and I didn't get rid of that until I was about twenty three, twenty four, and mm. it was like. I, I was so apprehensive to not concede a goal that it was it was painful, mate. And it was it used to like it used to mess with my like my whole my whole fi- like my whole fi- feeling. And uh, when the ball went actually went in, then I, I I could just relax then. No, I don't. I'm not superstitious at all. Um, I just uh, I, I do me I do my usual. What I eat the, the the same the same morning, prepare the same, wake up the same time, eat the same food, watch soccer AM, <laughs> easy watch on the on the Saturday morning, come in. Don't go out on a pitch. Read the program. Listen to a bit of music. Have a, I'd like to have a laugh and a joke with with the boys, or play a bit of two touch. Like just stay stay relaxed. I don't like to get too intense, to be honest. And then once I run out and you can hear the, the fans clapping, that's when I change. That's mm. when I just go into my my zone then, and mm. then I go into me me my hands, my volleys, and all that kind of stuff. And then it's it's weird. The switch just changes to like right. Everything now is clean. Like it's mad because you've just gone from playing two touch pissing about in the changing room to like, right, I'm on it now. Yeah. And that's all that's that's all I ever did. I ain't played I ain't played since January. Mm. Yeah, it's been a been it's been a while now. So it's been uh forgotten the feeling of of the match day. But um yeah now listen I love it. Get a it's a big buzz playing on a Saturday. If you can't beat it can you? No you can't. It, it is the best feeling that adrenaline rush mm. that you get but you're also the calmest one in, in the stadium. Because that's like they've got all goalkeepers. We have to try and exude a confidence and a, an air of calmness. Do you find that? Yeah, what? it's true. Um, I I used to be quite I used to be quite erratic in that sense because uh, I remember when I was at Charlton, uh, Ben Roberts had to sit me down because I used to f- throw my arms around quite a lot. I used to get quite involved in referees. If, if they made a bad decision, it used to anger me. So I used to start coming. I used to get booked quite a lot for shouting and swinging my arms around. And he sat me down and he was like, "What do you think you're doing?" Like, show me on the video. I'm like, oh, getting a bit angry there, aren't I? Like, he, he ain't done that, he ain't done that. Yeah, but you're showing the showing everyone in the crowd, you're, you're getting everyone irate in the crowd because you're pointing out that something's wrong or blah, blah, blah. You're not you're not exuding any calmness whatsoever. People, like, are getting flustered around you because you're being like that. And then I made a conscious effort from that moment on. I was, like, 23 or 24, and I just stopped doing it. The ref made a wrong decision. I was just like, yeah, can't it's happened. It. Yeah, can't affect it. So why would I get angry about it? And then it's the same. If one of the lads makes a mistake, it's like, come on, mate. Yeah, let's go, let's go again. Like, it is what it is. So yeah, I, I changed that that mentality f- uh, from 23 onwards. Like, it, but that took someone to tell me because I didn't realise. I thought that's how I had to be to to be in the moment. Do you know what I mean? And uh, but yeah, then I found out I didn't I didn't I didn't need that. It just made me more. I used to start chasing stuff. Do you know what I mean? Because you're just you're too emotional. Too emotional. Yeah. So um, yeah, now I calmed down and then now I'm just really laid back and and relaxed and whatever happens happens. Yeah. I, it was, I took a goalie coach George Woods. Uh, George Woods when I was at Blackpool first time. He was this, exactly the same. I, I was a bit superstitious back then, and he went, "What? Why?" He goes, "You know what you're doing. You know how to keep the ball out of the net. Just go and do it." Yeah. And we never watched any video, never watched any clips of the opposition. But it was just someone breaking it down and going, "Well, you know what you're doing." Just go and do it, and it, it it changed me. Yeah, so true, mate. It's like I got told I didn't get told till thirty. Like control and controllables. Like what can you what can you affect? Right, you can affect your attitude. You can you can you can affect you know what what condition you're in. But the things you can't affect is if, if a ball's wobbling towards towards you, 
you know, ulterior yeah. ulterior thing. So uh, I was just like, all right, yeah, okay, yeah, so I can I can affect my mentality, I can affect my attitude and and how well I train and how well I and you know how how well I want to play. So that's that's it really, isn't it? Nigel Atkins used to have the saying of do the basics to the best of their ability, and that was like something so true. Even though he was a madman, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I never had him. I never had him, but I heard he's he's got some uh, strange, uh, oh, strange methods at Reading and stuff. Just like some that. mental shouts. He used to shout Timpsons, which meant put your boot through it. Seven uh, Eleven, which meant that the wingers are always open. <laughs> like he, he, we'd have some. Yeah, he'd... I don't mind it. He uh, didn't he do? Um, he used to do the uh, videos in the morning as well, didn't he? He used to film himself and uh, put them on the Twitter and yeah. stuff. He used to watch them and he used to enjoy enjoy them quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, mate, his first meeting he ever had at uh, Sheffield United when I was there, he came in and went, look, I've studied psychology. Uh, no meeting will ever be more than 14 minutes. He goes, you can't hold your attention. Uh, that meeting lasted 47 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Lads were dying. Uh, contradiction of the highest <laughs> yeah, order. Yeah, exactly. don't mind it. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So, uh, obviously, we've talked about your, your playing career up to date and that. Uh, do you pass on much knowledge uh, to the kids that you're training with? Do you try and help them um, or do you try and be a mentor? Yeah, we've got, uh, we got a young lad at Watford now, Vinci, uh, Vincent Angelini, and uh, he comes to me quite a lot, actually, and uh, quite like it. Quite like it that he asked me for advice because um, I, I, do, I do find that I like helping. He shows me his clips like after he's played 23's games, he'll come sit down next to me at breakfast, get his phone out. Like obviously buzzing off himself, show me his best clips. Yeah, of course. Keep the bad ones out, and uh, then he just asked me about my ask me my opinion, and I tell him you know things that I think he should do, where he should like square off or cut. Uh, 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 we were going through one the other day where he was on his post and he could have cut one out like a cutback, and uh, his body shape was the wrong way wrong way to cut out, so he never had a chance of cutting it out. And uh, you know just little things like that, subtle subtle bits of advice, and uh, <clears throat> and then going out to training and then watching him watching him do it, it gives you gives you a bit of satisfaction actually, and. Uh, uh, yeah, I said like as we get older, we, you know, we are, we change a little bit, don't we? And we get a bit softer. You know, we want want these young lads to do well and yep. uh, want them to, want them to improve. So uh, we, we want them to improve also to to drive our standard in training because yeah, we correct. as we get older and we want training to be top level because we know we ain't got loads and loads of time, time left. left. Yeah. So it's you try true, and yeah. make the most out of everything now, and that's why I say that I always go back to make sure I enjoy it today, but make sure the standards good. Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, no, like I said, like he'd be he'd be whinging to himself about making mistakes, blah blah blah, and then, uh, you know, me and Batman are quite supportive of him, and um, he's over the last two months, I've, I've the, the improvement I've seen in him in training has been fantastic, and yeah, I get a bit of a buzz out of that. I'm thinking, oh yeah, he's, is that because you know we're 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 driving standards here as well, and is, is he looking up to us and? It's good to see young lads like improving. Do you know what I mean? Day by day. So uh, obviously you have got your Batman's, who's a solid keeper anyway, and you know I enjoy watching him because he's he's good to watch as well actually in training and uh, the stuff that he does. He's very very assured assured goalkeeper, and uh, we've got young Madhu uh, Akoye as well, who, who they've just brought in from Feyenoord. I think for I think they paid six million quid for him. So uh, he's a, he's a specimen of a of a goalkeeper, and uh, you know he's he's just trying to polish up his polish up his armory at the moment and uh you know he's he's got a lot of potential so uh now nah, it's a good it's a good group to be fair mate I'm really enjoying it do you think you'll go into the coaching side i've uh, do you know what i would yeah but the only thing that's putting me off is you have to do the outfield badges right so i don't get that because we've like me and you've gone 15 years of being a goalkeeper that is our job that is our you know that's our speciality that's our trade yeah, yeah. so why do we then need to go and do a B pro license outfield, outfield to then get our goalkeeping badge? I don't I'd like I it, it baffles me. 
Like I'm absolutely, like, I'm miffed by it. So uh, that would put me off being a goalkeeper coach. You've, you've got like the the, <coughs> the way you talk and that you, you can tell that you've got a massive passion for goalkeeping anyway. So it's well, yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, I've done it since I was five years, five years old. I wanted to be a goalie since I was five years old. So yeah, it's like there's a big passion. But it'd be a shame if, if for whatever reason I didn't because I feel like probably like me and you both got a lot to give in that in that domain but like, like I said that puts me off of doing it because I'd feel a little bit uncomfortable doing the outfield side of things because I don't specialise in in pivots and eights and tens what the tens do what the wingers do like I can organise a back four no no problem but then don't go and ask me to go and I'm not a tactical genius so I'm not going to be able to do that outfield field stuff like my main priority is the keepers keeping the ball out in there and how to work with their back four organise them and, and play out with them so I think that needs to change. If I'm being honest, I'm not I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> I'm the what same. That's why I, I, I'm kind of using this vessel as my coaching while I'm still playing, yeah. so I can obviously impart some knowledge on some kids out there. And if you think yeah, you, yeah. you've improved them a little bit by them listening to this podcast, I feel like I've played a good part. Yeah, no, 100. But I feel like it'd be a shame, right? Because I reckon there'll be a few in mine in your position who who probably put off by that as well. And this, yeah, it, definitely. It's a long process. It's a long process to to, to go and do that because. It's two years to do the the two. What is it? The A and B, and then you got to do the pro. Pro is it with the? You've got to do the B license to get your then do the goalie pro. Right. Okay. So obviously the B license takes a couple of years to do. And anyway. I don't even know what level you can coach at until you've got them. I'm not sure to be honest. So I yeah, I imagine that works both ways, does it? It's not like the no. So outfield. the outfielders don't need to do the goalies. I don't need the to goalies, do the goalies until they get on the. I think it's the. I think they do have to do a session on the pro, but it's more for their understanding. Yeah, but the manager ain't got a clue about goalies anyway. They don't, exactly. they don't understand the goalies. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I've goalie been, bashers. I mean, I've been lucky enough. <laughs> I, I've only had one or two really back me, and uh, you know, they're they're hard to come by. Their managers, and uh, and when you do get one of them, you got hang on for dear life because they they make you feel a million dollars when you got one of them. But um, yeah, their managers are quite tough with the, with the keepers. They just don't understand the uh, position half the time, do they? So not at all. Yeah. Pretty sure we've been through things. I've I've been through a couple of situations. I remember Steve Cottrell calling call me a, a, a name after a game in the change room because he just didn't understand. He just didn't understand what was going on, mate. To be honest, and uh, he uh, I remember we played uh, quick story. I remember playing Middles, Middlesbrough away, and um, we'd had a bad we'd had a bad start. This is my my loan period at Bristol City, and uh, you know we had uh, goalie coach David Coles, brilliant guy, uh, worked at worked you hard, but he worked, he didn't work me right. So I, I was going into games with doms and, you know, feeling, basically feeling a bag of shit and uh, not performing well. So we'd gone up to Middlesbrough. We'd had two defeats, I think, and um, we we go one nil up after about four minutes, mate. Joe, Joe Bryan scores a worldie, right, right foot top bins. And uh, the next thing you know, mate, our goal is under siege for about 88 minutes, mate. And I've had one of these games, you know them games where everything you do, you just, you like, been drinking magnetic vodka the yep. night before. Everything, <laughs> yeah. everything just fucking itchy, mate. And I was saving, I was saving everything, man. It was, it was one of them mad games. So anyway, we get get to eighty eighth minute. I reckon I've had the best game of my life. And uh, sorry, injury time. And uh, I get the ball. I've, I've 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 caught a cross or something. And everyone's everyone's scarpered. Aaron Wilbraham's on the halfway line going like that to me. So I'm thinking, oh, he means put put the ball down. Yeah. So I put the ball down. Next thing I can hear is. Oh, I've turned. Nugent's hiding behind me. He's oh, gone to. No. He's gone to. No, but no. He's gone to nick the ball. Right. He's gone to nick the ball. I've, I've toe bunged it. The fan, the, the Middlesbrough fans have done news ten nil because like he, he would have nicked it off me and they they gave it away. 
So I've toe bunged it out for a throw in and Nuge has taken me out as he's tried to nick the ball. So I've gone down free kick. So I think, fucking I've got away one here. Kicked it long, find a whistle, go in, win one nil, we're at the Riverside, like unbelievable win. Go in the change rooms. So I'm sitting down. Going, lads, fucking brilliant. Great character, lads, like one one nil, got absolutely pumped there, but you know, we come away with, he's gone, you shut the fuck up and sit down. I've gone, he's gone, don't look at me like that. Don't you look at me like that. He goes, you nearly just cost us a game, you fucking Inman. Oh my God. So I've sat down, I've gone, what the fuck's an Inman? <laughs> so he's doing, his, he's doing his speech. Anyway, he finishes his speech, go, fucks off, go, like goes, goes out of the chain of him. So I get my phone out, Google, what's, what's an Inman? It's a geezer that lives in a lighthouse by himself. <laughs> <laughs> what a story. That's unreal, That's isn't it? That. That's, That's unreal. brilliant, that. But obviously, yeah, after that, me, me and him were done after that because he just, I could just tell he ate me. I'd, I'd won him game, I was just saving everything and it still wasn't good enough for still him. Still weren't giving yeah. you the credit you nah. deserved. And then the game after, we think we got beat by Burnley 2-1 and he'd, he'd had a pop at me for taking a cross, jumping with two feet instead of one and... Yeah, I, I think I said something back and then that was it. That was curtains. I think Frankie went back in a goal and uh, I spoke to him in the office. I was like, I think it's, I think it's best if I just go back to Leicester, mate. <laughs> what a story to finish on that is. Uh, I cannot thank you enough, Ben, for coming in. No, no, it's thank you. It's been amazing. Thanks for having me. Make sure you go give us a subscribe and a five-star rating uh, if you've enjoyed this episode. There's been some great stories in there. This has been the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard, and producer Ben. Thanks a lot, guys. What a save from Mark Howard. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.